Hey, are you looking to upgrade your key life areas and evolve to a higher level of existence? To practically harness personal growth and spirituality in a crazy, busy, imperfect world? Then you've come to the right place. My name is Prash and this is Urban Spirituality, the show which uniquely fuses ancient wisdom with contemporary self-growth and spiritual disciplines to deliver value-added tools, traits and insights to help you unleash your fullest potential. We always keep it real featuring authentic, unfiltered dialogue with guests from diverse backgrounds to inspire, entertain and enlighten all who listen. So get ready for your dose of urban spirituality. Be present and let's dive in. So I come from the new age in terms of I've done Reiki 14 years ago. And so a lot of my own spiritual endeavor has helped me. However, there are some questions that I had to go to crash with uh, on the Vedic side of things. And we quote a lot from the Bhagavad Gita and some of the verses, although when I first read it, they seem very complex, but when we break it down, they're actually very, very pertinent to life, everyday life, all these situations that we faced. So today we wanted to focus on um, how to come out of the darkness, the chaos that we face. The world is topsy-turvy. There's a lot going on. Uh, it's a little bit uncertain from where we went in three years ago. So. I'm going to slightly hand over to Prash and explain some of the things from the Vedic culture that can help us to navigate through these turbulent times. Yeah, and I think uh, maybe it's worthwhile there um, highlighting some of the key challenges that people are facing. For example, uh, mental health and anxiety a big one. A lot of people are feeling the pressure, uh, whether it's work perspective or from a personal perspective but mental health our mental health and anxiety um, is being challenged what else is out there that you're facing with your clients that really speaks to what people are dealing with right now i think a lot of it is about purpose as well because uh, people when they were in lockdown had a lot of time to think about their lives and how their lives are structured we've been stuck in the rat race for so long that we didn't have that into introspection time uh, so when we had lockdown we had a lot of time on our hands so I have a lot of clients who come about what is my purpose why am I here big questions we have relationship issues because again people have started to question whether they're in the right relationship whether they're also relationship with themselves whether you know they're given enough time to themselves and it's about self-love also programming in terms of family and how they've been raised to be of duty to people, especially women. And a lot of women are duty driven and then they neglect their own needs. So it's quite a lot to unpack. <laughs> but um, let, let's see what we can start today. And obviously we're going to do a series of these so we can start tackling some of these issues that are like in the air at the moment. All these issues have been around for a long time, but I just feel like they've been turned up because of the lockdown, because of yeah. what we've gone through. It feels like they've been amplified. And I think when we can look back at the past, we can find a lot of clues and pointers to help us to navigate these different. In fact, there's the, you know, 
there's a common understanding that we we often think that our problems are new, they're 21st century problems, but actually there's not really any problems today that haven't been faced in the ancient times. And therefore looking back at the wisdom of the past, the wisdom of the ancient ones, the wise ones, the saints, the sages who walked this earth, who meditated in caves, who walked and shared their wisdom, allows us to find ways to alleviate it. And I want to share three considerations, three important uh, cornerstones of how to navigate this challenge uh, that the Vedic literature, the ancient wisdom of the East offers. And it could apply to any culture, any, any, any race, any religion. So whatever your race, religion, affiliation, consider these three as through which we can find resources to navigate difficult times. So I'm going to go through the Guru and Shastra. What does Guru mean? Guru means a spiritual teacher. Guru is doesn't necessarily mean a formal spiritual teacher, although it traditionally means one who has uh, become a student of a learned master profession. But I think in today's world, the word guru should be taken as individuals that we come across in our lives who are able to impart wisdom or knowledge or guidance. They may be a coach, they be a mentor. Obviously, we both, you and I obviously both are coaches and mentors for people. Um, and so we have that responsibility. But there are so many others that you, if you're tuned in, may know in your part of the world who you regard as some teacher. Um, so looking to those individuals, and it could be parents, it could be family, looking to them to provide an input to the situation that you have. So you're getting an outsider's perspective from somebody who's trusted, somebody who you have respect in, and somebody who is respected in their own sense, so that they can provide wisdom that might help you to navigate the given situation. You're too close to it or you're too in it. So a teacher can help. So that's one. Can I jump in with that? I think you're right because I think sometimes you can't see through the wood through the trees when you're in a situation. Also sometimes you need to turn to people that are experts in this area. So I've gone to healers, coaches, because if you had a broken toe, you'd go to the doctor, you'd go to an expert. So it's the same sort of principle. We try to navigate life on our own, sometimes without support. And there's many professionals that can help you because they're learned in that area. They've gone through things, they've experienced life. Um, somebody said to me, would you have liked to become a spiritual coach a lot earlier? And my answer was no, because I had to experience life. I had to know what it's like to live and face some of these issues because because then i can empathize with somebody i can actually guide them because i've been there so i i advise people if you're going through a situation to reach out to various gurus it could be in your family i'm not saying that you know your friends or your family cannot be your guru but sometimes you need people in these professions to help you because they've been through things and they have studied applied, learnt. So I wanted to say that because I know a lot of people try to go through life just 
rattle through it. I felt like that when I was younger, there was no support, there was no guidance in the sense that how do I navigate some of these issues that are coming up? And we get triggered and we act dramatic, we act from emotion. And people like myself and coaches help me to put these emotions into kind of expression rather than, you know, shout or become angry. So they really yeah. directed me and um, helped me to look at things more on a spiritual basis, which really helped me to calm down and express who I am. I think for me, that's been really important because we're always told to you know, be quiet, be in the background, especially from an Indian culture and being female. So I think for me, it's been very empowering to see gurus to help me. Folks, it shouldn't really be that much of a stretch. Here's the thing. Back in the old days, I say even a century ago, it was very normal for most human beings to have some sort of life. It could, uh, it could be a family member. It could be somebody in their community or their village, their tribe. So this was very much the norm. It seems to have not the norm in recent times. It seems like we've unlearned that tendency but actually it was very much normal to do that we go to a doctor to seek advice for our body and our health so why not approach coaches mentors or somebody in your family or be that you trust to get input for any aspect of your life not aspect. i think that's the invitation here who can that be person be that's who could you lean out on for some in your career a challenge that you've got to for something that could help with your mental or spiritual health or your relationship the second principle sadhu guru sadhu and shastra so sadhu is really a companion to guru in the ancient times one would always know a monk or a priest or a religious figure that they could go to because at least there was the notion that they don't have an agenda, that they would be there to serve their congregation. These days, it's not easy. You may have a pastor or a guru or a priest at your local temple. But it doesn't have to be a human being in the flesh. It could be somebody who you lean on as a resource. Like there are many personalities who share wisdom. Tony Robbins, the motivational speaker. Sadhguru, who's very famous at the moment. Jay Shetty, who's a personal friend of mine. Um, in the day when he was around. Many, many individuals or figures made te teachings, lessons, and wisdom. Dispenser. Go on. Many individuals have their teachings available online. So whilst we may not have a face-to-face -face contact with certain individuals, we can lean on these individuals through the power of social media to seek guidance from their learnings, you know, in different aspects of our life. Would be Did you want to go before you get to the last one? Yeah, I think it's changed, hasn't it? But back in the day, you had a pastor, you had a shaman to lead the village, you had people that you could yeah. refer to. Every village had a, a religious leader or leader that you could turn to. So now we do them. Yeah, it's 
I believe we still have that. It's just changed in format. It's more social media based. It's more online. Um, I still think face to face is, you know, the best. But if you can't access things face to face, then there is so much resource. Uh, sometimes it can be a bit overwhelming, but I would advise people to go to your resonation because internally you'll know who you resonate with. Um, do not follow false prophets. <laughs> be careful of that because not everybody is there from a good place. So what I tend to do is I listen to people, but I do not blindly follow them. I always say that about myself as well. Whatever I tell people, please hate what you resonate and throw away what it doesn't. Always trust your inner instinct, your inner intuition. Because unfortunately, we could also have over-reliance on a guru or a prophet, especially prophets, because we feel like they know it, they are linked to God. And that's not always the case. I don't know why the screen nice. has really expanded. <laughs> that what's meant to happen. That's okay. Um, that leads to the third generation. Now, you raise a very good point, who to trust. And not everybody resonates with everyone. We may not resonate with those personalities like Tony Robbins or Sadhguru. There are others that we may not be sure of trusting. And that's why there is a third balancing checkpoint, and that is Shastra, Shastra spiritual literature. The ancient religious texts, whether you lean on the Bible or the Quran or the Bhagavad Gita or the Mahabharat or the Torah or the Buddhist teachings or any such major world religion faith, or, or it could be those literatures or writings of people in times gone by or people who are here who you feel connection with. So their literature, their written material or those ancient scriptural records references provide a chess reference against what the guru is saying what the sadhu is sharing and what you're studying in other words the call the, the wisdom of the east is always do your own research don't be shy to audience don't be a yes person so who just listens and just absorbs like a parrot in the bhagavad-gita there is a verse where krishna says to arjun krishna's divinity playing the role of the supreme and Arjun is playing the role of a student. So it's a guru-disciple relationship. And Krishna says to Arjun, encouraging him, sevaya. And what he's saying there is, ask questions in a restful way from all different directions. In other words, Krishna is encouraging a healthy to learning about life's skills life's wisdom by asking questions in a respectful way so that you can glean the answers from the qualified people or the qualified books or resources that can work for your personal situation i totally agree because we can sometimes be taught that you know if there's a religious figure or somebody in the hierarchy, higher up in the hierarchy, we automatically respect them and look up to them and listen to them. Uh, respect should be there. I'm not doubting that, but I think discernment is a good word. When you meet these people, again, trust, trust your inner instincts. If you feel a little bit uncomfortable or you're not resonating with the message, you don't have to be rude. 
to be very polite, very respectful, but you do not have to take on board what they're saying because spirituality is very individualistic. The universe is within us. And we can connect to our higher self, to our guides. We have so much knowledge within our soul because we are source ultimately. We talked about it this morning. And so when somebody is positioning themselves as a prophet, as a guru, they are pretty much on the same par as us. They just have more knowledge because we are all God's source. So everyone I feel is on an equal par in terms of, uh, how do I put it, positioning. But some of these people obviously have done more work on themselves and their soul is probably older, has more amassed more knowledge in terms of the avatar. But the soul level, we're all equal. We are all indestructible, eternal, etc. So I've always approached my life. I, I do give people respect, but I trust my own intuition, my inner knowing, because I know that my soul is connected to God and my soul yeah. knows why it's here, what it's here to do. And the more you can inner connect, inner stand, the more your spiritual journey can flourish. Yeah, absolutely. That, that is the thing. Um, and that's a whole thing. That's a whole separate life, a whole separate discussion. Learn to fine tune your inner pilot. Learn to fine tune your inner pilot. That means you'll become steady. You know, it's if you try to if you try to take a compass and you put a bunch of magnets around it, the compass will just spin around and round and round and round, and it won't find steadiness. When you place the compass in a, one location far away from any magnets, the compass becomes still and it finds its own location. It finds its direction and it knows where north is. And so the process of meditation, the process of self-inquiry, the process of studying worthwhile spiritual and philosophical literature all help to remove the magnets around our life. That is the distractions, the demands, the negative people, the energy vampires, the temptations, all of these so-called magnets start to go away from us so that we're able to tune in and be into our own stillness. And that speaks to what you say, Steph. That's the vehicle. That's it for me as well. There is a podcast, Urban Spirituality. Check it out on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you listen to podcasts. Get a hold of some wisdom on the snare. Thank you for being my co-pilot. It's been a great time. Mm -hmm. And uh, thank folks, we'll you, see Prash. you again. Thank you for your wisdom. Namaste. Hey, folks. Thanks so much for listening. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. And as with all our episodes, found something to inform, inspire, and empower you in your personal and spiritual journeys in life. As always, feel free to leave a little love for your ratings and comments. Subscribe and share it with those you care about. And take your personal and spiritual evolution to the next level by joining us on one of our unique events, workshops, or retreats, or taking advantage of our personal and professional coaching packages. Find out more about us at mantratherapy.co.uk. I'm your host, Prash K. This is Urban Spirituality, and we will catch you on the next episode.